Welcome to the Rhodes Church Podcast. We are so excited to connect with you. We hope that this podcast builds your faith and that you will be encouraged and inspired by this week's message. We started a series of talks last week called Let No One Deceive You. Let No One Deceive You. And uh, so if you haven't got a chance to check that out, go on our YouTube channel or go on uh, Facebook or on our E-Roads family or on our website and you can uh, check that part one out. That'll be important for you. But uh, we want to get in it today because I believe it's easier to be deceived right now than it's ever been in history. Can anybody agree with me? I believe it really is. I, I think there's so much deception going on. Understanding and knowing what is right and what is wrong has never been more difficult for people. It's never been more difficult for young people coming up to know what is right, what is wrong, what should I believe, what shouldn't I believe, who's telling the truth. I believe it's a difficult time in our life. And so we're going to continue to talk about some current events today. Hope you're ready for that. There's some things that I've been waiting to talk about. Again, I've been preparing uh, since uh, the coronavirus came out and started preparing, started doing some research. And uh, so we're going to talk about it. I usually, I put all that on the shelf for all these months. And I'm like, no, I'm not talking about it, not talking about it. It felt like it wasn't time. And then Monday, um, as I got up and got ready, thinking about, okay, Sunday's over, where are we going next? I felt like God said, now when do you start talking about some of these things? And I'm like, like what? <laughs> started showing me specifically some things I felt like he wanted me to answer some questions about why we're doing what we're doing. And I said, okay. And so I just started thinking about that, got nervous immediately about what that's going to mean. And then uh, what happened this week, some announcements came out and all of a sudden, okay, maybe I know why I'm going to talk about it because we got to answer some questions. So I believe with the only way we're going to prevent from being deceived is by knowing the truth. Only when we know the truth will we prevent ourselves from being deceived. And so uh, I want to ask you, what is your source of truth? What information are you basing your decisions on? What is the source of your truth? What information are you basing your life decisions on? Parenting decisions, relationship decisions, financial decisions, health decisions. You've got to have a basis for what you make your decisions on. And so here at the Rhodes, we believe that the Bible, the Word of God, is the truth. So uh, we believe that we're going to base our information, our decisions on this. So whenever we open up our Bible, we get excited because we know we're not going to be deceived. We're not going to get lied on because we're going to read the truth. So we're going to get pumped up about it. If you got your Bibles today, let's get excited as we open them up to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Woo! 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. I just want to thank our social media people for posting that great picture of me. I'm not sure what that was on Instagram. I was trying to count how many chins were in that picture, and I lost track somewhere in seven or eight. So I just want to thank, thank you for that. It's always great. They love me. Second Thessalonians chapter 2. No, I thought it was really cool. I just, I like laughing at myself, which is really easy when you have all this to laugh at. Second Thessalonians chapter 2. Let's just go on. Verse 1. Are you ready, Mount Carmel? Man, I love you guys. So thankful for you. E-Rhodes family, are you ready? Right there in your homes, watching online. Let's look at the word of God. Verse 1 says, Now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him, we ask you not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled. Don't be that. Don't be shaken in mind or troubled. Either by spirit or by word or by letter, as if from us, as though the day of Christ had come, because it hasn't, 
Let no one deceive you by any means. Let no one deceive you by any means. Sounds like a strong statement. It says, for that time, that day, sorry, what day we're talking about, the day of Christ, the day of the Lord, the return of Christ, will not come, will not come unless the falling away comes first and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Can we just pray? I just want to invite Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Bring life. You are the one that guides us into all truth. And so I pray right now, Lord, that your presence will fill every screen, fill every location, fill every car, every podcast. Lord, I just thank you that people will not hear me, but they will hear you. I just invite you to be here, Lord. None of us came here for me. We all came here for you. So I give you the, the uh, liberty and to give you the praise on what you're going to do today. It's all in your honor and your name, Jesus, we pray. Somebody say amen. 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 So now it says contextually here again, Paul's talking about that day, not being deceived about the return of Christ. And we're going to talk about that in this series, about the return of Christ and that day and all of that. But before we get into that too far, I think it's important for us to understand the concept of deception in general. Because it's not just about being deceived about when Christ is going to come back, but it's being deceived in general. So we want to address that, and that's some things I want to get into know to, today. We need to know about what it means when it says, let no one deceive you by any means. Here's what that word, let no one deceive you, means. It means to lead out of the right way. To lead out of the right way. To cause someone to have a misleading or erroneous view concerning the truth. Webster says it means to, dis, to mislead, to cause to believe or accept as true what is false or to disbelieve what is true. So here's something that's important. It does not say let no one tempt you. It does not say let no one be deceptive towards you. It says let no one deceive you and deceiving is tied to what we believe. This is important. We're going to hear deceptive things. That's not the issue. We're not done yet. We're not hooked yet because we heard a deceptive talk or someone saying something. We're only in trouble when we choose to believe something. Let no one deceive you means don't let anyone cause you to believe what is false to be true or to believe what is true to be false. So there's power in your believer. Two, two voices are vying for our occupancy or our, our, our loyalty, kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness. Both of them want the same thing. They want your believer. They want your, because they know if they will get your believer, they will get your behavior. Once you choose to believe something, it affects how you act. It affects how you think. It affects how you talk. So the goal of the enemy, the goal of God, is to get to what we believe. And once they impact and influence what we believe, automatically how we behave, how we think, and how we talk will come in line with what we believe. If we believe a certain thing is going to happen, we will act in accordance with that. And so this is why deception is about getting you to believe the wrong thing. Because if he gets us to believe the wrong thing, we'll think the wrong thing. We'll talk the wrong thing. We'll act the wrong thing. We'll respond the wrong way. So God's after our response. The enemy's after your response. So how's he going to get your response? Through what you believe. So this is why we've got to be careful in what we don't be deceived by anything. In Matthew 24, 
Because remember this, we don't, we're not deceived by what we hear, we're deceived by what we choose to believe. I'm not, choose, I'm not deceived by her because I heard a lie. I'm deceived when I believe the lie. Yes. Big difference. Yes. Big difference. Because we get caught up and I'm hearing all these voices, I'm hearing all that. We're going to hear voices. Not like, you know, schizophrenic type thing. I'm just saying, you're going to hear influence of the kingdom of God. You're going to hear influence from the kingdom of darkness. But don't be uh, discouraged because you have bad influences talking to you. Choose which one you believe and keep moving forward. All right, so, so uh, Matthew 24 says this, and Jesus answered and said to them, take heed that no one deceives you, that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name saying, I am Christ and will deceive many, many. Now, how does deception happen? We talked about this a little bit. I just want to remind us this. Deception happens. It says here, let no one deceive you by any means for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first. How does deception happen in my life? How does it happen in your life? How does it happen in general? It happens with the falling away first. What is falling away? It's the word that we would use apostasy. It's disregarding or rejecting or abandoning the truth. When we abandon or reject the truth, we open the door for deception. When we reject it, when we move away from it, how do we abandon the truth? If the truth is God's word, when I abandon a lifestyle that's based on the teachings of the word, I open myself up to deception. By rejecting what God says, rejecting his principles, now I'm opening myself up to be deceived. So this is a problem we've got to face in our life, is that we're not willing to read our Bible, but we're trying to live a good life. It cannot happen. You cannot be, uh, let me say it this way. We can't not be deceived when we don't read God's Word. Without a relationship, an ongoing, regular relationship with the Word, we will be deceived. Why do I keep talking about that? Because I see it over and over. People are trying to be Christians without reading the Bible. You can't do it successfully. We just want to be, why, how do I know that? Because I've done it. I try to just be a good guy. I'm a good person. I'm a good person. I don't hurt anybody. I go to church. It doesn't matter. I'm not trying to say it doesn't matter if you go to church. I'm saying you'll still be deceived unless you have a guideline of what tells you what is right or wrong. Don't harp on that too much. Let me move on. So now when we defect or abandon the truth, what happens? It says here we'll get shaken in mind. We'll get troubled. We'll get in a state of fear. That shaken in mind means to be unsettled, waver back and forth. So if God is saying don't be unsettled, I believe he's telling us to be settled in our decision making. I think this is important. We need to make, uh, you remember I asked while ago, I said what's making our, what are we making our decisions based on, what information? We have to make a decision and establish our position based on the truth of God's word. And once you make a decision, don't move off of it. Paul said this, that God showed him something. He showed him some revelations, and he said, afterwards, I did not confer with flesh and blood. In other words, after God speaks to you, don't ask for other people's opinion. We're, we need to make a decision on where we're going to stand on things and make that decision based on the word of God, and then don't budge. He says, establish yourself. Don't be unsettled in mind. Make up your mind. What is your position? What is your position? Because here's what's going to happen. Things are going to come that's going to try and tempt you, mislead you to get away from the truth. 
Well, I decide I'm going to believe God. Well, guess what? Get ready for voices that's going to try and take you away from it. Just because I made a good decision to serve God today doesn't mean it's going to come without any opposition. So now, let's look at this. We have to make a decision. We have to establish our position. So here's some questions I felt like I need to answer today. Are you ready? This is current events. Current events. So answer the question, why are we still having church? Why are we having church? Why are we open? Why did we open? May 31st, we made the decision when the coronavirus first started back in uh, March, we shut down. Because we didn't know what was going on. You know, a president comes on, says everybody needs to shut down. So we didn't know what was happening. We didn't know the extent of it. We didn't know what was going to be the severity of it. So we did. I didn't like it, but I did. So we shut down from March till May 31st was Pentecost Sunday. And I was like, we got to go. I felt like the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, we got to go. I started in March studying and researching. I thought, if I'm going to have to make a decision on what's the comfort level or safety level for people to be in a public gathering that I'm responsible for, then I wanted to have some information in my head besides we're just going to blindly believe God. I want to be uh, educated. So I was set out to educate myself. So now, how did we make the decision based on going, coming back to church and how do we make the decision on being here today? Did we make that on faith or did we make that based on science? We made it based on both. Contrary to popular belief, it is not faith or science. You can do both. It's not either or, it's both and. So we got to put the two together. And so when I began to do that, there's a difference in the word of God being a source of my life and truth or just a spiritual accessory. So this is how I make decisions in my life. How I make decisions about the church is how I make decisions every day. Number one, every decision runs through the filter of what does the Bible say. That's it. If I want to stay mad at my wife longer than two or three days, or if I want to say whatever, if I want to do this, I have to run it through the filter of the word. I didn't say I always like it. I just said I run it through the filter of the word. A lot of times I come kicking and screaming to obey what God says. I'm not always just, oh, I love the word. No, sometimes I'm like, oh. So make a decision. Whether we come back to church or not, make it, number one, it's based on the word first. What does God say? This is what I'm encouraging. You have to make every decision in your life. Number one, what does the word say? And Luke chapter 10, verse 19 said this. And when I was making the decision, he says, behold, Chad, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Boom. Mic drop. Holy Spirit. So we either believe that word or it's a Christian cliche. Behold, I give you authority over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. That's either a revelation in my heart or it's just some cute Bible verse that people say. There's a big difference. A big difference. Well, I know what the Bible says, but... I know what the Bible says, but... Anybody ever heard anybody say that? Well, I know what the Bible says, but you know what that means is that what the Bible says is not alive in their heart yet. It's not condemnation. We all have to walk that out. But when it's alive in your heart, you're like, that's what it says. I believe it. All my decisions are going to be based on that truth. But then someone say, wait a minute, Chad, but you got to use wisdom. I hear this all the time. You got to use wisdom. Yes, you do. But you cannot separate God from wisdom. You can't do it. It's not God and wisdom. <laughs> there is no wisdom outside of God. 
I realize it's a Bible verse, and you may not believe the Bible, but let me give you this. 1 Corinthians 3.18 says, let no one deceive himself or herself. So everything I'm getting ready to say, don't let anybody deceive you. If anyone among you seems to be wise in this age, let him become a fool that he may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. Where does wisdom come from? It comes from God. So when people say, well, I understand that, but you got to use wisdom. Use wisdom according to the word of God. In partnership with God. If I seek after God, I will get wisdom. If I seek after wisdom apart from God, I will not get it. Okay? So it's not either or. Don't let people tell you that. Well, I understand what the Bible says, but you got to use wisdom. Gets me a little nerved when people say that. Like, so God's not wise? Okay. So now, as we study this, we didn't know what the impact was. Now we're, what, 10 months into, seven, eight months into it. We have some data. So I'm going to give you some information. And again, this is not, preface this. I'm answering the question, why are we still having church? Why do I believe what I believe? Based on science. I can give you scriptures, but some people that's not going to mean anything. I'm going to give you the science practical part today on why we're doing what we're doing. And it's not against anybody. It is not a political statement. If things that I say today are political to you, then you need to check that you could already be deceived in your alliance. Because when you believe something in your life, it does. Well, I believe these things based on what I believe in myself. And then if someone agrees with that, that's totally between them and God. But I'm not believing the way I believe because I'm only supporting some candidate. I believe what I believe based on the information that I have and what God has spoken into my heart. Now, if it's against somebody, so be it. If it's for somebody, so be it. I'm not changing what I believe to support some person. It's not political. This is me or, or what God is speaking to me against the coronavirus or against the devil. Yeah. It's not political, all right? So now, if this sounds like stuff that lines up with a candidate, that's not my business. My business is to decide where I stand, where I believe, and let the candidates figure out where they want to stand. All right? Amen. 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 Sorry. Thank you. So now... This is off the CDC website. Now, some, many people didn't even know what the CDC was 10 months ago, but now it's everywhere. This is uh, in the United States of America. You can get it right off of there. Right now, as of yesterday, I updated this yesterday. I've been tracking it every week since March. 8.5 million cases of coronavirus, tested po- people tested positive in the country, 8.5 million. Of those, 223,393 deaths. Now, take into consideration, there is some major speculation whether all 223,000 of those people died of COVID or with COVID. And I'm, not, I'm just doing this for clarification. There have been several reports, some of them by the CDC themselves, Dr. Burke even said this early on, that if someone dies of something but with COVID, they're counting it as a COVID death. Now, you can argue about the percentage of people that are actually dying of COVID. I'm not going to argue about that. I think we got enough data to use even the numbers that they give us. But I'm saying I know it's less than this, but we're still going to use the 223,000 just for argument's sake. Okay? Just clarifying that. Of those 223,000 that died, so that's 2.64% of the total cases are ending in death. 2.64%. So of the people who test positive, 97.36 are recovering. 
Now, immediately, if you take that number down to what the percentage of people that actually died of COVID, that number immediately, mortality goes down and the recovery rate goes up, but let's just at least use those. 97.36%. Again, why are we staying open? I'm just giving you some numbers. Let's take it compared to the population as a whole. Because when someone tells me, Chad, you're going to have to shut down the church, I'm like, oh, shut down the church. You better give me some reasons why to shut down the church. When you're going to tell me that we can't sing in church, ooh, you better give me some hard data. You better tell me something because I'm not, I've never been, God bless my parents, I've never been somebody who just did things just because someone said so. I've always been a little bit of Bucky. I've always been a little bit of, <laughs> I've always had a strong will about me. I've always been like, you better prove that to me. Oh, yeah, why, 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 how come, how come, why and how come? Great questions that Chad, little Chatty, used to ask a lot. Why and how come? <laughs> <laughs> so now, so you tell me I can't come to church, tell me I can't sing, you better tell me why. So according to the population, 8.5 million cases, again, 223,000 deaths, with a population of 331 million people in the United States. That means a mortality rate, people dying, 0.067% of the population is dying of coronavirus, if you assume all 223,000 caused by that. 0.067. That's one out of every 1,500 people. That means 99.93% of the population is doing fine. Amen. Just numbers. I'm not telling you who to vote for. I didn't say anything about that. I didn't say anything about 99.93% are doing fine. Okay? So now let's look at, uh, of those 223,000 deaths, though, let's look at, according to, again, CDC website, the number of 65 and up. 65 and up is 16% of our population. Eight out of every 10 deaths are people 65 and older. Older. So that means 178,000 of the 223,000 are people 65 and older. And of that number, 47% of those were nursing home residents. So 84,000 of the 178,000 were nursing home residents. So now let's look at the number of 64 and under. 64 and under, which is the rest of the population, 84% of the population. That means only 44,679 deaths in the entire U.S., 64 and under. That's 0.016% of the population under 64 is dying of coronavirus. 0.016%. Let me do the quick math for you so you can see. That means 99.98% of the population is doing fine. That's one out of every 6,235. So if 99.98% of the population, 64 and under, are doing well, and if you take that number even further, I, I can go deep on this. I've been 18 years and under, that number even drops dramatically. So my question is, how many nines do you need before you start to feel at peace that it's okay for me to go out? 99.98%. That's a pretty strong number. But I got to shut down the church? When 99 point, for 0.016%? I'm just saying these are numbers that I have to make decisions based on. You can make them based on whatever you want. I'm just not going to base them on someone giving me a meme on Instagram and telling me to shut down the church. Someone posting something on social media and telling me scare tactics for this. I say, show me the data. Show me some. Why and how come? So anyway, going back to the little chatty days. So now 
Some would say this, though, Chad, but one matters. Even one matters. Oh, I get it. I get it, one matters. But what I'm seeing and what I've sensed in this is that from the beginning, the handling of this differed from state to state. And so initially, as I'm trying to make the decision based on the word of God, number one, and then based on the science, number two, I began to realize it seemed to be there was some political involvement on how decisions were made. That I could go 30 miles across the river and all of a sudden now my kids could play sports, but they can't play sports on 30 miles on this side. So I'm telling you, but once I realized that politics was involved, then I removed politics from my decision making. So now I'm not against the governor of my state. I'm not against the health department. We got people that work in the health department. I love them. I'm thankful for them. We're not against anybody. I'm just saying when I make my decisions for what I'm going to make them on, I'm going to make them on based on what God says, what the science says, and I'm not going to be swayed by someone who might have a different agenda. So again, I'm not against people. We're not against our health department. We love our health department. We're thankful for it. But if you ask me, why are we still having church? 99.98%, that's why we're still having church. But you say, well, one matters, Chad. Okay, okay, I got you. 2018, here's some statistics. Drunk driving, 10,511 people died. Do we care about those that died of drunk driving? We care about the one. We do. Traffic crashes, 36,000 people died in car accidents. Flu and pneumonia killed 61,000 people or 167 people a day in 2018. Did we care about them? We didn't care about them in 2018. We, we do, right? We're not selecting who we care about. We care about everybody all the time. I'm just checking. These are hypotheticals, right? Rhetorical questions. Smoking killed 480,000 people every year. That's over twice of COVID-19. Is there any campaign to stop the production of tobacco? I'm not condemning anybody that smokes. I'm just using the number to give a statement, to give perspective, that if we care about people, everyone, that means 1,315 people are dying every day from smoking. Perspective. Perspective. You guys okay? Don't get mad. Cancer, 600,000 people dying of cancer in a year, 1,600 a day. Heart disease, 655,000 people. If we say, Chad, one is too many, well, one is too many. One is too many in every category. I don't want anyone. Well, what if it was your person that died? Well, what if you don't know if it was my person that died of, of, of liver cancer or, or if it's caused something else? People are dying. It's happening. It's sorrowful. It's mourning. It's, it's terrible. We don't want anyone to die. But if we're looking at perspectives of why we're shutting down churches, Shutting down schools, shutting down businesses, I want to know the data. I just want to know why. I want to know why. CDC website, according to 2020, suicides, 48,344 people have died. Suicide took their life. That's one every 11 minutes, 132 people a day. Do we care about them? I had a friend of mine that I lost. I can't even talk about it. Without getting emotional. We sat down in the church. I'm still convinced if we've been open, been able to have fellowship, we'll still be here. I care about every life. I care about every life. Suicide, I'm not closing down just because someone has an agenda. I'm going to get some data. I care about the safety of people. People say this, well, we need to listen to the scientists and we need to listen to the experts. My question would be, which ones? 
Which ones? Why are some doctors' voices not allowed to be heard? Why are they being censored? Why, why, why is it that we, we want to listen to the scientists as long as the scientists say what we want them to say? But if the scientists don't say what we want them to say, then we shut them down. Listen, church, I'm not preparing you for an argument over coronavirus. I'm preparing you for the Antichrist. I'm preparing you for a mindset that will not be deceived when the enemy comes in to steal, kill, and destroy from you, your family, from your kids. We've got to be aware of how do we make decisions. We've got to be aware of what's going to happen. This is what's taking place. Google, YouTube, Instagram, uh, uh, Twitter, Facebook, and uh, TikTok, and Snapchat, all of them, they have an anti-Christ agenda. They're censoring. If you're not concerned about the censoring of information... That why one voice is pulled out and others are not? I'm not even sure this message is going to survive the internet. And if it doesn't, that should be a booming neon sign to you. A problem arises when one voice is not allowed to speak. I, I want, see, dissenting voices aren't allowed right now. If you're saying anything other than fear, and if you're saying anything positive, we're going to shut you down. Why is that? What does it matter? You're making people speaking positive. I don't want dissenting voices to be silent. God never created a culture where the dissenting voices were silenced. He says, let them have their words. God didn't silence freedom of choice. He said, let other voices. I don't want to silence the voice of the atheist. I'm not looking to take down the websites of the atheists. Let them up. Let them up. Let the atheists be up. Let the Satanist groups. Let them have their websites. I don't care. Don't shut them down. I don't, I'm not looking for the LGBTQ to, community to be silenced, not be heard. Let them, everyone should have the freedom to choose what they want to believe. I'm just saying let God's word be free. Talk to a friend of mine. I've got to know him over this. Oh, man, my times. How's it happened so quickly? Dr. Richard Bartlett. I don't know if you've heard of him or not. He's a top, he was the top medical advisor to the governor of Texas for seven years. And I've gotten to know him. I got introduced to him through a friend, and we've been talking and texting and getting information. And Dr. Bartlett has treated, not had case studies about, personally treated as an MD for over 28 years, over 1,000, almost 1,200 patients, and not lost one. What happened? When, he, when they first started telling him about the coronavirus in the medical field, they were saying there's no early treatment. All we're doing is late-stage treatment. Just wait till they get bad and they need a ventilator. Go home, take some Tylenol, whatever. And he said, I, I felt bad. He's a Christian, spirit-filled believer. And he said, I, I felt like I had to offer something to people that comes to me sick. And so in the middle of a 48-hour shift, he said he went and he laid down to take a nap and prayed. And while he prayed and took that nap, when he woke up, he said, an idea came to me. A treatment came to me because he said, I realized God was showing me what this was. And, and let me give you some. This is outside of my pay grade, but just so you understand, this is based on science. COVID-19 is an inflammatory disease of the lungs, respiratory virus that binds to the ACE receptors in the lungs and triggers the release of an inflammatory chemical called cytokines. I had asthma growing up. I was in the hospital many times. I have asthma attacks all the time. I couldn't breathe. God, God healed me. I remember what it was like to not be able to breathe. I remember when I'd have an asthma attack. and I'd be <laughs> I remember the panic that would come into my life when I couldn't breathe. He said, 
God began to reveal to me the, the connection between this and coronavirus. So he started to use something, and it's called budesonide. And you can go to his website, budesonideworks.com. He's not benefiting from it. He's not getting financially uh, uh, reimbursed for it. He just come up with this treatment. And he shared this treatment with a, a ICU in San Antonio. And within 48 hours, their full ICU was completely cleared out. So here's the question I have. Whether you agree with that or not, I'm just saying Dr. Bartlett gets on YouTube and puts out this video saying, hey, I've treated almost 1,200 people and not lost one. And we don't need a vaccine. We've already got a treatment right now. And this is what I'm doing, not what I think hypothetically might possibly happen. This is what I'm doing. And here are the results. He gets on there and shares this video. And what happens? They pull it and scrub it from Facebook and YouTube and Google. You can't find him. Why? What's the big deal? He's trying to help people, right? Just trying to tell, hey, I'm, I'm seeing some people healed and recovered here. Isn't that good news? Why are we taking good news off? Because it doesn't instill fear. The enemy wants you to hear hopelessness. He wants you to hear fear. I'm not telling you who to vote for. It doesn't have anything to do with that. It's us against the coronavirus. It's hearing, what is God saying? God's saying, hey, listen, I've got treatment available to you. But if we're not allowed to choose... Why can't I hear about a doctor that's seeing people get results? Why can't I hear about that? Why can't I make that decision for myself whether I want to try budesonide or not? How many here have ever benefited from a second opinion? Huh? Isn't it wonderful that we can actually have a second opinion? How many has ever had a situation, or you know somebody who's had a situation, went to the doctor, and the doctor said, oh, well, we're going to have to have surgery, we're going to do this, and, they, and you felt like, oh, well, I'm not sure about that. You go to another doctor, and that doctor looks at you and I and says, don't you ever let anybody do surgery on you. That's not what you need. You need this, this, this. Aren't we thankful for a second opinion? But now second opinions, any dissenting voices are trying to be scrubbed. If you're not for the vaccine, if you're not for this, then we're getting rid of your voice. I'm telling you, that's not God. Look out. Beware. Let no one deceive you. When the voices are starting to be controlled, it's coronavirus today, but what's it going to be tomorrow? If we lay back and say, well, it's okay, just take all those opinions. No, it's going to be my voice next. It's going to be those that's talking about Jesus. It's going to be those that's talking about Christ. It's those that's going to be exposing the Antichrist and saying, don't follow that guy. That voice is going to be scrubbed. Mark my words. When I start talking about where he's going to come from and what he's going to be and how he's going to operate, be ready. I'm not preparing you for a debate on the coronavirus. I don't care about that. We're preparing for battle. Let me read this verse and I got to quit. <laughs> oh, man. Maybe come back next week. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 says, Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. I apologize in your sermon notes there, there's a typo. But what this means, when we give heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, we turn our attention towards it. And this is what God's saying. In latter times, people are going to depart from the faith because we're going to give heed to doctrines or teachings or information. So here's what's happening. Google, Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, they're trying to inundate you with information to get you to believe a certain way. We have to run everything they say through the filter of God's Word. 
They say, this is what's going to happen to you. This is what's going to happen to you. This is what's going to happen to you. I got to say, wait a minute. Is that what God says is going to happen to me? <gasps> no. I don't think so. How I many don't play that? Whatever you got to say, I'm just throwing it. <laughs> I'm not sure how you talk to God. But I'm just saying. Do you feel me? Right? I mean, the enemy's after your believer. Because if he gets your believer, he'll get your behavior. He'll get your peace. He'll rob you. He'll get us in a state of fear. We won't know what to do. So when I choose to believe what God says and just say, mm, to the devil, peace can come into our life. So, man, this is going to be just kind of a landing. Some other stuff I want to get into, but I'm going to have to do it next week. I'm answering the question today, why did we choose to do what we chose to do and why are we still choosing what we're choosing to do? This is it. This is why. Not because I'm mad at anybody. Not because I'm trying to prove a point. Based on faith and based on science, I am not afraid of this thing. There's treatments right now. Dr. Bartlett told me, he said, Chad, if you'll start to rinsing with mouthwash, that'll help. If, you, if someone gets it, tell them to go to my website for under $200 with no insurance. I mean, I, all kinds of things are happening right now. It's not political. Please don't make it political. If it's political, then there's other issues that we got to deal with. But the thing we're trying to look at, do we think it's safe to come to church? Yeah, I think it's safe to come to church. 99.96%. That's pretty strong to me. That's pretty strong to me. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. People are getting it. Some are getting sick. Absolutely. So take care of yourself. Take care of yourself. It happens all the time. I've seen people every year. Some people get the flu. Some people get it. They're just whatever, down a day or so. Other people get it. They've come up to me. I thought I was going to die. Seven days. It's going to happen. But I'm just saying we're not hopeless. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to give, please visit us at theroads.church. To stay connected, follow us on Facebook and Instagram. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel to watch our latest sermons.